Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we are now partners in not doing radio for free anymore because mm-hmm. we have not one, but two sponsors this week. And uh, in addition to that, we've got a lot of content to get into. Um, so much so that we were uh, we were getting into some of it during our pre-show prep, which is uh, always a good sign for the the episode that is to come. So, Piper, we've got a, a brand new book, uh, a brand new book put out by a publisher that we're familiar with, Waterbrook Multnomah, which Ronald reminded me that we've done like two books with them. One um, book, which so, yeah. it was, it's good enough for alumni. We should be getting like, like our alumni like mugs. Yeah. Dude, we should get an alumni, alumni mug. mug. We should get a Waterbrook yeah. alumni magazine. Tell Stoddy, Andrew Stoddard, our boy, our Stoddy, friend. Stoddy, my dear friend. Dude. We, we still don't Stoddy? have Waterbrook mugs, alumni mugs. I want yeah. Waterbrook swag of all kinds. T-shirts, mugs. I'm sure they, I'm sure they have the full range. <laughs> Do you know what this swag. means? It means that you guys get to also say you are Penguin Random House authors. Well, that's oh, that's how wow. I like to think of myself. Dude, the you know, warmth that that I get from thinking of myself as a Penguin Random House author. I just uh, say Random House, and then when I'm around people that are friends <laughs> with Tim Keller, I say Penguin. So well, it just depends who I'm with. There you go, baby. It's all about how you leverage it, Absolutely. and um, and that's that's uh, that's a tip of the cap to you on that leveraging. But Piper. Far be it from Ronald and, and me to talk about our book, our best-selling, groundbreaking, paradigm-shifting book with Waterbrook Multnomah. Why don't you tell us about the sponsor? Well, real quick question. Would you describe your book as an instant classic? Oh, yes. Not even not, – okay. no question. I, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like that follows the others, but you left it off, and I wasn't sure if it was on purpose or just it was, it was assumed. Okay. Would I describe it, it as assumed. a tour de force? I would. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, also, all of those probably apply to this book. Um, it's called The sure. Deeply Formed Life by Rich Velotis, who's a pastor okay. in New York. Um, Ted, if you would like to do your standard looking up of Rich, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by his, his by his aesthetic. Um, how, do, how do I spell the last name? V-I-L-L-O-D-A-S. All right, looking him up. Rich Velotis. I like Velotis. Rich Velotis, man. I like Rich. Yes. And, Ronald, have you, and this, have you hung with Rich Velotis? I have never, I've never hung with him. I follow him on social, and I, I, I just I like what he says. Oh, yeah, dude. Rich. So the book is The, book is the Deeply Formed Life, and it is a, um, it's essentially a book about kind of in the, in the vein of a Eugene Peterson, but with a, an eye towards something beyond just sort of the contemplative heart life. So a little bit more of how a deeply formed Christian life engages uh, outwardly as well. So looking at, at rhythms of growing deeper in our faith, in our following of Christ, but then also looking at how that extends to racial justice and sexual ethics, sexual wholeness, and a having having presence in a particular place, so sort of a missional identity in a place. So essentially looking at discipleship in a in a way that forms us uh so that we we make an outward facing difference not just have a deeper personal relationship with christ Mm. um and rich is a really good example of this in his own ministry in new york um but let me pull up here i'm pulling up some of the endorsements because these are always oh he's got some solid endorsements on here so it's a uh, it's a very sincere moment the endorsement yes Mm mm-hmm Yep. So, Ted, your favorite, John Mark Comer, oh, first endorsement. Dude, can you read it in John Mark's voice? 
I can't because I've never listened to John Mark's voice. So, <laughs> I have, so maybe you could read it in John Mark's voice uh, if you were to to, to redefine it. Um, so John Mark Homer endorsed. There's a lady named Susan Kalichi Watson who has been part of Rich's Church for ten years. Who's an actress on This Is Us? Oh yes, uh, which is which is a show. Wait wait wait. That Susan Kalichi the women Watson in my life is the right love. way. <laughs> right. Sure. Let's go with that. Uh, Glenn Packiam, another person I respect from a distance. Karen Swallow Pryor, who I know and think very highly of, uh, she endorsed it. Uh, so did Brian Loritz, another person I really like. Man, he's got just dude. Rich is killing it with these blurbs. He yeah. spent some time on the blurbs. Yeah, he really he really went all out on the blurbs. So. Uh, yeah, go check this book out. It is available now. It released this week at the time of the recording, The Deeply Formed Life by Rich Velotis. The foreword is by, Spe- by Pete Scazzaro, who wrote uh, Emotionally Healthy he wrote Emotionally what? Healthy Leader, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Those are both really good books as well, just in terms of uh, finding rhythms of rest in Christ in the midst of things. So there's you can kind of sense a theme here. So check out The Deeply Formed Life from Waterbrook, Baltnoma, and Rich Velotis, available now. Uh, he is also now a Penguin Random House author and should be lauded for that. Yeah, we're probably going to be hanging out soon. Let me just add to that pipe, which, by the way, amazing job is all. Um, we're going to do an over-the-top job getting blurbs for our future project. I just want I just want the kids to know that, that we're not going to slack when it comes time to get our blurbing. Mm. We actually had uh, one listener who emailed after our last episode and said that he would be happy to endorse the book if we're looking for somebody who just is – he's like, I would be what, would it, what is considered a normal pastor, and nobody knows who I am, so I'd be a perfect endorser for this book. So that's, that's, uh, that's true. There's a possibility then, there as well. For every normal pastor we get, we don't get to get Rich of a Lotus, and he's obviously on our, on our list now. You know? Do you think Rich listens to the podcast? Well, Rich is a fellow Waterbrook alumni. Well, yeah. So I, mean, I don't even He's even in the Waterbrook. He's in the family. I mean, right. yeah, he's he's a member of that Waterbrook fraternity, you know. Yeah. In uh In fact, that was Rich just uh, texting me. He's coming over tonight. We're going to do a little uh little, uh, little book Waterbrook study together. Reunion. A little Waterbrook reunion book study around the fire. It's going to be Share great. some memories. Mr. and Mitch, Mrs. Uh, Rich Velotis. I'll be there at 7. Um, Talk there about we go. like what's yeah. your What's your favorite thing about Waterbrook? You know, yeah, I think so. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna reminisce about days with us with uh, with our boy Andrew Stotty. Stotts, and, dude, our yeah. dear friend. Stotts is, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do. Dude, I, I want to look at, Stoddard. I want to look at Andrew Stoddard and remind myself what he looks like. Do you yeah, think there's he, a picture of Stotty on? He's a pretty handsome what? devil. I mean, really, at the end of the day, is he? Yeah, really? he has he has sort of that uh, academic chic kind of thing dude. where yeah, he, he's you know like a, a nicely groomed beard oh, um yeah, yeah. yeah is academic chic you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. and re- he's also one of the nicest people he's totally yeah I, he's I, amazing I, man he's dude Stoddy has t- blurbs about himself on his website yeah. <laughs> like not about a particular book just like famous people talking about Stodd's the guy um this is great I'm, i mean if i was an I actor i would want Stodd's to be my manager you know if I was an actor, I would want to just look like Stodds, I think. I'd want to look like Stodds or have Stodds as my manager because I, I'm not as good-looking as Stodds, so I feel like that mm-hmm. would that would. Maybe don't beat yourself up in that way. You know, I'm just feeling that way today. It's, you know, it's a... Are you having a rough one, baby? 
No, I'm not having a rough one, but you know, like some days you don't feel as handsome as you do other days. I'm just Dude, having totally, one of those days. Totally. Yeah. yeah. What makes you feel handsome? Let's go there. Know, Let's man. go a couple minutes on it just that. Has, you know, it has to be one of – part of it is feeling good, like you know, getting ready, having a good morning, feeling good, having the hair go right, liking the outfit, and then looking forward to what's ahead on the yeah. day's agenda. Yeah. And today had some of those elements in place, but okay. I was a little rushed. Mm. So in the pure looks department, I wasn't quite there. I, I wasn't yeah. – you know, I'm not feeling – not fooling, feeling fully secure. Fully secure. Well, baby, we're all dealing with a lot right now. Baby, Piper is hating this convo right now, like more than he can ever express or describe. It's, no, that's that's not true. I don't hate it. I just feel like I don't know who I'm talking with right now. <laughs> Piper, On the do, one you hand, these, I, do you have these issues uh, vis-a-vis feeling him? I don't think Pipe does. I don't think that's his issue, Big T. <laughs> Maybe I don't want you putting words in his mouth, though. Let's let him speak for himself. I don't have these issues, and lest I come off like an utter arrogant jackass. uh, So, what are you just, what is he trying to just not so subtly just say? I don't know, Ron. No, so I don't, it's not because I walk into every room and think I'm exceptionally handsome. It's because Mm -hmm. that's not a category by which. I don't really think about it that much. I just sort of live. Dude, I literally, uh, I think about it all the time. Pipe, listen, I know you do, Big T. That's why I brought it up. But Pipe, listen to this. I had a guy, listen, this guy, he reminds me of you. I had a guy that told me the other day, he was a pastor. He said, I am like, I am the least self-aware person I know in terms of my looks, not like other stuff. Mm. But he says, there are most days where I, he said, I don't even look at, look at myself in the mirror to get ready in the morning. Wow. He literally gets out of the shower, puts, puts like one, you know, puts like something in his hair, dresses walks out without looking at his face. And I thought, Baby, that is the wanna, most amazing thing I've ever heard. I want to lean into that for, uh, for a minute. Is that just like a weird flex? Is it like I'm so... Dude, no, like, no, no, dude. He's like, to- no, he was making no air or bones about it. Literally, it was just... So it wasn't that, like I'm so into theology no. that I, I don't have... No, no, not at all. He yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. literally like, he goes, he goes, it's a weird thing about me. He goes, and, and I don't, I'm not judging anybody who looks in a mirror. I don't care. Yeah. He goes, but I just don't, I don't even think about it. I don't care. Now, Pipe, I, I would say you're not that far, right? Yeah. No, not that far. I mean, I... Yeah. I just, I would really, I really like to just be like center cut, which means if nobody ever noticed how I looked, I'd be pretty content. Yeah. So if I could oh, just wow. dress in a way that nobody notices, like I'm neither too dumpy nor too flashy. I make no stylistic yep. statements. Uh, if I can wear a t-shirt and jeans and either, and like a baseball cap every day, yeah. I'm pretty content. If I have to dress up, I feel out of place because it feels like a costume, you know? So wearing a suit always feels like I'm Cause like, I, you know, I, I'm going to a costume party or something. Or a seminary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Well, that's if that's if I pull out my tweed and jeans with the tucked in like uh, Joseph A. Bank shirt or whatever, <laughs> um, and yeah. So I just I just prefer to go through life without looks being a factor. Pipe, let me just explain can... something to you because what you're saying, I what let me tell you where me and uh, Big T are coming from. So okay. I wouldn't say that me and Big T are so concerned primarily about what other people think we look like. Our problem is how we feel about what, what we yes. look like. Yeah. That's the no, real that's issue right. at work here. And that is where I think we're probably super jealous of you, to be quite honest. What, I, what, I think we are. I mean, maybe this isn't a choice. Maybe this is just, you know, wired. But, like, what is gained? Like, when you look at yourself and you're like, oh, it's a bad day. What, what's the difference between a bad day and a good day? What, 
What difference does it make in life? What do you gain? I didn't, makes, I'm a little bit lost It makes no difference here. other than sort of the way we okay. feel and the confidence we have that particular day That's and how right. we feel like we're progressing in life and, oh, no, I'm getting older. Wait, oh, so oh, no. if, and, if, yeah. you feel, yeah. if you feel unhandsome, do you do poorly at other things? Yes. I don't know if you do poorly, but you feel like you're doing poorly and you feel like you're going to do poorly. Right. So big T, let me just, let me just suss this out for you because I think it's the same for me. So, right. So you're, so you have a bad morning where it's like everything, you you know, you, you put on a couple shirts, you hate it. You're just not, you're not feeling slim enough. You're not feeling this enough. You got to stand up in front of your students and speak. Now it doesn't mean that you're standing it. It doesn't mean that what you said to them that morning or whatever was, was bad. It just means you didn't feel good saying it. Yes, that's it, man. That's and, it, right and there. Yeah, yeah. When you when you feel when you look good, you feel good. You feel, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And that's good, what it is. Good. So, right. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the content suffered, but you like to feel good presenting the content. Well, dude, that's a huge part of it. Like, I Absolutely. need to feel good about how the content gets conveyed. Exactly. And uh, if I don't feel good about the way I look, also, I'm a real like observer of handsomeness dynamics. Mm. We were, we were just talking about this this morning. I feel like HD. Handsome, yeah, HD. Handsome people who are mediocre are given way more opportunities. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just Hollywood, you know? I mean, I don't know, right? Academia, like literally anywhere like you get you get four or five more like bites at the apple if you're handsome if, yeah it, right. versus i have a, I have a follow-up question on that uh yeah. so in academia who is yeah. judging handsomeness because i feel like that's a terrible array of judges like that <laughs> well, that panel of judges is entirely unqualified well i mean i am whenever i walk into a room so there's that but like <laughs> um you don't strike I, I, me as as like a quintessential academic you're sort of the no. rogue in the academic room yeah, dude, I'm 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 definitely like not, you know, cut from that cloth as it were. But like we got a guy that tweet that I'm not Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say his name, but I really want to. But he's like you probably know this guy pipe. He's like the young show pony like Bible prof of our university. And if you're a university like ours, it's important that you always have a young show pony Bible prof. And uh it helps that I like this dude and his theology is good. So like I'm a, I'm a big fan of this guy, but he's like He's the trot out guy and he's sort of eh, gradations more like academic hipster than Stadi. Um, so if you take Stadi and you give him like the Hitler youth, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of hipster comb over haircut and like I put always in a- love to say Hitler. That's how I like to describe it as Hitler youth. Oh, that's my well, favorite that's the way to describe it because people who yeah. have it think they look cool and you just deflate them all the way down. It's wonderful. One, I love doing that. I really, really love doing that, to be fair, because they're more handsome than I am, right? And what do I want to do with a handsome guy? I want to, I want to chip away at it, dude. You know what I mean? With you a, with explore. a, you want to explore it. it. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to chip away. I want to, yeah, just knock him down a peg. But, but no, this guy, like, he's really academically handsome. In that, even though it's uh, 104 degrees out, still, he's always wearing like uh, a dress shirt with a sweater on top of it, with a sport coat over that. Judas. And I'm like, bro, how are you not perpetually dehydrated? It's just like, really, are you getting an IV in your office between classes? Like an athlete would get at halftime, you know? Is uh, he like an android or something? Like, are we certain he's... We no, certain he's but he weighs like a buck 20. I mean, he's one of oh, these real gosh. wafy, willowy guys. Baby, you know? what, are the, what are the chances that I could be like the old show pony at Bible prof at a... At a- at a university, you know? yeah, asking for a friend, you know, there, yeah, asking, like what? Like I didn't even ask for a friend. I said, what are the, what are the, what are the chances? I, me, 
Big now, R. To be a real show pony. And we got another we got another guy who's like literally a show pony and then he's on this cherry contract where he's only got to teach like one class. A, That's what a I'm year. talking about right there. Yeah, yeah. I've right I've there. I've talked in a jealous way about this guy before. The OSP like, man, the old show pony. He's kind of like the Mark Twain show pony though. He kind of like ambles around in a linen suit and like you know, lays witticisms on people and and makes makes them feel good. I don't I don't see you as that guy necessarily. Oh, we, man, we'd I, have to, I feel like you're half describing my my job description. I don't know. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, we'd have to kind of flesh out what kind of show pony you're going to be. You could well, be. I'm just thinking about your approach now. You've done a couple of books, including a Waterbrook Waterbrook Multnomah hit. You know, I mean, yeah. you're in that fraternity. Yeah, me and Rich. You know. So that goes on the resi. I mean, you're me and, Rich. Me and Valitis, but, yeah, but. But yeah, you could go with like former music guy show pony. You could do former music and publishing guy show pony. What about current? I mean, you know, biggest you know evangelical podcast co-host. I mean, that boys yeah, that counts dude. for something, right? I don't yeah, know if you I, know this, but it's on the back of Pipe's new book. And there's dude, my what? plug. Can we know? can we talk about blurbs? Yeah. Like, why didn't I get a chance to blurb? Pipe? I don't know. I was I was going to ask you why I didn't get the chance to to blurb Pipe's book either. I, I didn't. Wait, wait, wait! You just said your name is on the back of it. No, no, no. He he he. No, he identifies himself in his res as co-host of, of our pod. You know, obviously, oh, okay. obviously, you're going to say that because that you know that's his that's his. I thought for a minute that you got to blurb it and I didn't. No, I did not get to blurb it. Of course not. Pipe I was would about never to be a little resentful. You you, yeah, absolutely. Pipe knows how. No, good I, I would. Am with I would blurb. never ask one of you to blurb and not the other. That would be dirty <laughs> pool. To the max. Yeah. Uh, so because I, I, one of us didn't fit with that book's blurbing so capabilities. No. It had to do with the fact that, uh, <laughs> A, I got some stipulations from the publisher saying, can you try to get people from Not this array, guys. keep yeah. the number to this amount, whatever. Uh, and second, uh, as much as you guys whine and complain about being asked <laughs> to blurb, I thought I was doing you a favor, especially I because I'm it, happy right? to give you copies of the book. And no, so you, you, are, get, you, you get the best of all possible worlds. You get the book and you had to do no work at all. You didn't even have to pretend to read it. You didn't have to like sit on the request for four days. So I thought maybe you had glanced through the manuscript. You did <laughs> right, nothing. We get it, man. We get it. You wanted, you didn't want Ronnie Alcorn. You wanted Randy Alcorn. You Ronnie want Alcorn. Gluck, you wanted Ted Decker. We, we know why you oh, do these things. Ted Decker. Who is that? Why do I know that name? Uh, because you're familiar with bad Christian fiction. That's why. Left Behind, sir. Is that oh, that's true. He was a wait. No, he wasn't a Left Behind guy, was he? He was something else. Is he a Left Behind? No, guy? Decker is the one who's done like he's like the the follow up to Frank Peretti on like the yeah. weird supernatural fiction stuff, oh, kind of like okay. demons, Christian demons Ford. fighting angels in the sky yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, kind of floating around. <laughs> he's that guy. <laughs> um, exactly. That's he's not my favorite guy. Ted. Let me just tell you that right now. Well, yeah. yeah. How many Teds are there in Christian publishing? Um, there's you and Ted Decker, and Ted Decker. that's it. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's got to be a couple others. Uh, there is two. There's Ted Keller. Ted. Uh, Ted isn't Tim's Paul Tripp's brother, the shepherding Tim's a child's uncle. heart guy? Isn't that Ted, Ted. Tripp? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ted Tripp, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Ted Tripp. Big I think time. he's Ted with two Ds, though. Mm. He is. Interesting. Two Ds and a great mustache. Yeah. Ted LaHaye. That's Tim two LaHaye things you don't have. There's something else to feel inadequate about, I guess. Ted LaHaye. Tim LaHaye's unsuccessful younger brother. <laughs> yeah, I did. That would Ted be LaHaye. me in the family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Boy, speaking yeah. of blurbs, though, I've got I got a little breaking blurb news. Guess who's done with his Jared C. blurb? Wait a minute. Boy, uh-huh. this, uh, Ted, this has been what a, like a six-week project for you, baby. Six-week, baby. Try six-month. This has been a wow. long game. The longest of long games. 
I'm done though. How and, do you? Uh, let me ask you some questions. So yeah, how interview you, me uh, about interview me about the Jared blurb. Well, baby, let me just ask you this, man. How uh, I, I know when he first asked you, you were torn. Um, it was a big decision for you to make. We know it was a big commitment of time. Huge. How did you? I mean, what did you? What did the next six months look like for you as you prepared to embark on this on this writing well, project? I cleared the schedule. Uh, I migrated all my classes online, and I didn't leave the house for like three months. You started a um, pandemic. Is that now, that? yeah, to be fair, everyone did that. <laughs> but like, I feel like I was prepared to do that anyway to, to give Jared a good blurb. So, um, so, so yeah, so, so you, you completed it. Let's just ask. I think what we want to know is how do you feel about the work? I feel really good about it. Um, and I got to tell you, man, all ha-has aside. Um, and I said this, I said this to Jared. Um, I loved the book. So I fully prepared to like completely mail it in as I do for all book blurbs, you know, meaning and I would you were read, wondering like, why I didn't ask you for one. <laughs> exactly. Just, just bring it full circle here. He prefers Randy Alcorn to not read his book and blurb it than you, Ted. Just that's OK. Say. Hey, you know what? Respect. I mean, I, I get it. There's there's certain things that have to be done in the business. I definitely get it. But uh, but no, man, I was fully prepared to do that. And I was f- fully prepared to like kind of joke around with a blurb and make it a little bit haha and a little bit like in inside baseball in terms of the humor. But a strange thing happened in that I read the entire book. I was completely drawn in by it. Um, it was really, really good. It was everything that like young adult fiction should be in that it was thoughtful and entertaining and fun and lots of characters that you can relate to. It was a great, it was a great book. Was so, it like uh, a burgeoning love story of preteens or teenagers? A little bit, dude, but not too much. You know what I mean? It didn't lean too heavily into that. There was a little crackle of that. Okay. But, just, but just it was some very sparks. tasteful. Yeah, Good. it was very tasteful. Well done, yeah. Jared C. Absolutely. So, yeah, Jared C. killed it. I dare say I killed it on the blurb. Um, you know, if you get the book, maybe if, if you don't get around to reading the book, just read the blurb. Yeah, um, that's – yeah, that's – I think that's what most people but, think. But buy the book. <laughs> like buy it and yeah. then read the blurb. Yeah, absolutely. Buy it what, so that I suppose uh, we should give the name of the book. Do you do you know it off the top of your head? I do. It's called it? Echo Island. Echo Island by Ad Jared C. Wilson. Um, Baby, would you mind reading the blurb, or is that are you waiting for it? To, you want it to drop, or you want to give us a little sneak? Baby, listen, I don't know if there's a proprietary with the with the publisher on that blurb, but I, I could give you a little sneak. I mean, um, as long as you're not giving away the plot, right? Which I doubt. No, dude, I'm, I'm not no, giving the, away the plot. The publisher's not going to be mad. This is free. They're not paying this us is, for this. This is yeah, free the promotion. It's Wait B&H. a minute. We're not getting a dime. We're not getting Ronald, a dime is he from in the, B&H. Is he in the Penguin Random House Waterbrook? No, like he's not, dude. No. Oh, of course sure this is not. A book. Of course he's not part of the, the, the Waterbrook the, alumni. The fraternity, I mean, the fam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. my gosh. It's funny you even thought that was a I know, dude. I'm sorry. I mean, it kind of devalues what we did. But um, all right, let me let me lay the blurb on you. This is it, word for word. All right, here we go. Two things I've never been a huge fan of are book blurbs, perhaps besides Twitter, the lowest and least sincere form of human communication, and young adult fiction. <laughs> but after reading, right full, full stop. No, this is in there. Yeah, this is in there. That's the end of the blurb. <laughs> no, no, there's more. <laughs> I said, that's but after it. that's the blurb. Yeah, that's it. But after reading Echo Island in its entirety, I am, at least momentarily, a huge fan of both. This book was everything a young adult novel should be. Fun, hopeful, thoughtful, challenging, and full of the kinds of characters you see aspects of yourself in. 
And oddly, as a middle-aged father, I found myself being edified and encouraged by it as well. So that's it, dude. That's a blurb. I love how it was like so backhanded in the how you introduce it. Yeah, well, I I do hate the whole idea of blurbs. It's yeah, I love that you felt like you you had to you had to remind everybody. Hey, by the way, I'm doing this, but I'm not happy about it. Well, yeah, I'm not happy. I didn't start happy, but I ended happy. You ended happy, right? Which is what matters. It is in that I I really did love the book. So yeah, um, there you go. Wow, that's that's great. That's a great blurb. Yeah, shout out Jared. Um, You guys, I'm sure. Like, are are you going to co-author on the sequel, baby? Hey, check this out. Deal? So I, I don't want to. I don't want to mention this, but I think I will in the spirit of the of the pod right now. But I just got a request from Jared C to blurb his next book that's coming. Ooh. His Christian Living discipleship wow. book that's coming out. Uh, Baby, next that's year. big. It's that's big, a. Yeah. I feel like that's step one. That's step one toward like <laughs> you getting the big Jared payday that you've been working for for all these years. Yeah, no. that's step one. We'll see how it that's goes. good. Yeah, it's huge. We'll see how it goes. What's your process going to be like? Are you going to clear the like clear the deck for six months like I did? I actually finished it uh, about 30, 40 seconds after he sent me the email. And I just said, Jared's new <laughs> book is a tour de force. Tour de force. Uh, Ronnie yeah. Martin. Everything you say is art. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, are we so hanging I'm, out It's again? done. That's, how, that's yeah. literally what I wrote. We're, no, that's we're good. good. That's yeah. good. That's really good. Good, good work by you. Babe. Good work. Good hey, work Ronnie, I have a question for you. Uh, you remember several months ago, <clears throat> we talked on this podcast about you know, whether men have best friends or should have best friends. And my recollection is that you sort of scoffed at the idea. I'm wondering if, uh, if this, uh, developing relationship with the Wilsons changes your tune on, on best friends. Pipe, what did I say about, what did I say about, uh, adult best friends? I don't, I don't remember. You said you're not a best friend guy, except that, I, and this I love is, how you, you guys remember that, and I literally have no recollection. Of you it. had yeah, a uh, this, my recollection yeah. is that you used sort of a Valley Girl ish voice, which is very similar to your vulner, vulnerability <laughs> voice, and yeah. uh, and and made fun of people who are like, "Oh my gosh, that's my best friend." Oh that, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, all right. Is it coming right. back to you now? Yeah, okay. I gotcha. That's so there was right. a there was sort of a scoffing at grown, I think particularly men, but just yeah. adults who claim best friend, and I've never seen you claim best friend status for Jared C but wondering if there's a if there's movement on that conviction I just don't uh, yeah I just don't know that it's I don't know that it's possible pipe to have a best to have now, a best are you friend. saying are you what saying I'm he's hearing. not ever going to be your best friend thank you Piper. I'm saying That's exactly if, what I was I'm saying was, like yeah. you can't to me all right boys here it is you can't Breaking have, news: Jared Wilson and Ronnie Martin are not best friends. You can no, not at all. Stop! You can't. You can't have a proximity, man. You can't there goes have a the best project, friend without baby. proximity. You, there I, goes you just the payday. You know. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it's hard to have a best friend if it's just purely distance. Piper, right? do you think he even likes? Also, Jared if you're C a anymore? grown up, what's that? Uh, <laughs> do you think he even right. likes Jared C anymore? Dude, I love I Jared C. Like, it sounded a lot to me like he just canceled Jared C. That's what I heard. I just wow. there's a yeah. there's sort of a, a complete write off of of him. Dude, his his cut to the montage where Jared C like tears that picture in half that they took. Boys, that is just so cruel. He just when crossed. You, he just crossed Ronnie off his friend list. That is so lipstick. cold when you know how tight in red lipstick, dude. I love that reference. So. I mean, we're doing vacations together, holidays together. We're writing. But yet book he's not together. your best friend, is what I'm hearing. I mean, I just, I don't, boys, I don't think I know how to be a best friend. Wow, dude. Let me say it like this. This is a blow. I don't think I know how to be a best friend. 
<laughs> it's the it's the NEF Downs podcast, everybody. Um, speaking of people who aren't our best friends, that's a that's an elegant radio segue. <laughs> uh, just humanity as a whole, but anyway, somebody protect well, humanity, including Christopher Nolan. Who just Hold dropped on, I got to finish texting Jared C. right now, just you know, compensating for everything you just said about him. Are you well, taking yeah, him off yeah. of your favorites list of your contacts? There you go. Oh, Dude, how often do you guys text every day? Are you hitting it a couple times an hour? Are you, you're consistent like that, right? I mean... Just like, hey, how's your morning? You no. Know, kind of thing? No. Yeah. Jared C. is not... He's not super... Um, let me just say this, all right? All right. Jared, C. Is, Jared C. is very... He's very businesslike with his texts. Mm. He's not you know expensive I mean? like you are. He's kind, but very businesslike. So in other words, like when we text back and forth and somebody like says something funny or something like, you know, we kind of do follow-ups or we laugh or we do this. Mm-hmm. Jared C, is he's just way more like business class when it comes to texting. Dude, do you get insecure when he doesn't text back right away? No, not at all. How long before you start worrying? Day, <laughs> day and a half? <laughs> no, he's not that long. I mean, he's not... Yeah. He's not like us where it's under a minute. Six days? He, yeah. might, he might take like six minutes. Oh. Do oh. you so do, you're, you do you're not the thing worried. with him where you say like, hey, baby, and then wait 20 minutes, eight minutes before you <laughs> exactly. send the next text? So check it out. So the first time I texted Jared C. back in the day, I did oh, not say memory. dude. I would just say dude and click send because I like to get people's attention. And he wrote me back. People love that too. Yeah, no, he didn't love it. He said, "He said you're killing me if that's how you open up every one of our texts." Mm. And I said, "I, I said, I think killing you is a little strong, Jared C." But I said, "Okay, if you don't like it, I, I won't do it." So we kind of okay, got. What about like if a, we don't like it, Ronnie? What if, if you what don't if like say, it, don't I'll like stop it. doing it. If that's not best friend talk, yeah, no, I, I don't know what is. I will, Robert. I will change. Who I, am I will change the you. essence of who I am for you. No, you guys are missing it. It's just the other way around, boys. Like it's because it's that's the thing, man. You're just getting it all wrong, man. It's be it's because our friendship is forming that I I don't want to do anything offensive. It's because my friendship with you is so tight that I don't care. If Jared asked you to start wearing absolute schlumpy khakis and a and a golf shirt every day, would you do it? Oh my gosh, no! That's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you had to do that anyway because you are enrolled at a Baptist seminary. Yeah, that's funny. No, I'm not. I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not receiving funds from the seminary, so I, I still have freedom in life. Dude, are you like the token cool guy at the seminary? Dude, I have no you, idea. Do you like that persona? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. You haven't been to class. He is too cool to know. Okay, yeah, we did some classes, and it was generally kind of what you would think. You know, the the person that would that would. That would come to that would you know enroll at a seminary, yes. So that's all I have to say. Nice guys, though. Nice guys, you know. That's that good. shouldn't have gotten. Everybody. Why did they get everybody quiet? I don't understand. I don't know. We're just we're just mulling it over. Oh, I, just, I mean, know? man, that wasn't I was, a lot. To I was just picturing you in a room full of typical Baptist seminary guys and internally feeling gleeful. Actually, well, dude, it was. I mean, it's always funny, boys, because I'm telling you, all you got to do is say something a little off the cuff. And you get everybody's attention because they're all so gosh darn serious about everything. Mm. I mean, everything is serious, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's there's no ha ha. There, there's no sense of like, you know, you know, we can be a little relaxed and not take ourselves so seriously. They they all are like in it, man. They're in it to win it. It's, <clears throat> what is the average yeah. age of these people? Um, is it are they like twenty six year olds? Like, what are we looking at here? 
Pipe, you know what's so crazy, man? They're not. It's all older men and women. I, and, and I'm not saying I'm the youngest guy, but there, but there's quite a few. There's quite a few men and women that are older than me in the in this. It's it really weird. I, I, I feel no like idea. that's a good deal, though, in general, because like a 26 year old Christian guy is maybe the toughest hang <laughs> in in the world. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have no argument against that. Do they know everything? They haven't been humbled yet. It's just a tough age. Right. But then but then what it more so what it morphs into is you get these dudes or you get these women that are like they're like fifty-three and they're just like I I mean they're they're definitely more humble. There's no doubt about it. But they're also like just very intense on what they're all into. And you just kind of go, Well, dude, the intensity's I don't know what's I don't know what's harder, man. Just the the intensity or or the arrogant twenty three year old that probably shouldn't even be in seminary. You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, know. I I think in a setting like that, there's the feeling that like all the talk, all the talk is competitive. It's like competitive talking. You know what I mean? Which is you know the worst that's a time. really great point, Big T. I, li- I like how you yeah. say that. Yeah, right. And there's all that pressure, and then there's yeah. like those people that like don't ever talk because they're like, oh, dude, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Totally. If I just lay in the weeds, I'll be I'll be okay. I'll be safe. I've been praying all morning that the prof doesn't like pick me. I'll go out in the yard and bury my talent. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be me. Totally. Wow. So what were yeah. we talking about again? I don't know. Well, we were going to talk about Christopher Nolan, but then Oh, Nolan. Then we yeah. we had we had we had some best friend questions. Yeah, dude, the best friend thing kind of derailed us, but uh, uh Jared, you think see, Nolan your best friend relax, man. We're There it friends. is. See, Gosh. Piper. That's journalism. Gosh, it took us 33 minutes to get there. Judas. We 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 knew we knew that was coming. Got to cover my bases. Much. I got to cover my bases every time now on the pod. It's just I mean, a dude, it's just text- a lesson for listeners. You really have to, you know, if you want to if you want to get to the truth, you just have to stick to it and ask the hard-hitting questions. Gosh. Dude, I feel like and I really don't have time for this topic now. I've got like 4 minutes. But I, I feel like Chris Nolan wouldn't be a good best friend. I feel like he he'd constantly he'd have to be the smartest guy in the room and that would get annoying. I don't think yeah. he'd be a fun hang. Yeah, I feel like you'd be like at a restaurant, you'd each like order lunch. And he'd start getting all coy with the waiter. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it'd I, be awkward. That's funny because I feel like he would be just disconnected from humanity, kind of like all of his movies. Like he wouldn't even go to lunch with you? Yeah. Like, like he would just say no. There, there's not a real human character in any of his movies. They're all just plot devices. And so I wonder if he even like – could he have a normal conversation where you're like, hey, man, how are you? And would he just sort of look at you blankly and then be like, well, I was thinking about layers of time. And like, whatever. Just – I, yeah. I was wondering if you were going to watch the game tonight or, like, the, oh, he's did you enjoy watching. Tuesday? Pipe, you'd no. probably be his really good friend because you're, you'd you be the only dude in his life, like, when he said, like, so I have this theory on time, and you'd be looking at him going, like, dude, st- save it, man. What? Like, you, pr- it probably would it probably would make you Nolan's BFF because you'd be the only guy that wasn't yesing him all the time. You know I, I, mean? I don't know that he'd really be the type be to take that well, though. But he might because – but he might be like, finally, man, I got a dude – that just doesn't think that everything I say and do is like, you know, A plus, you know? I wonder if Maybe anybody's ever told him that messing with sequence of time doesn't work in plots. That's true. I mean, he would have a he would have a lot of money and a lot of uh film budgets to like argue against you with that. So. Although didn't it work for it worked for him in Memento, and I feel like it worked for Tarantino in Pulp Fiction. I feel like everybody was doing it in the nineties and and it well, got annoying. Pulp but Fiction was non-sequential, started... but it wasn't like a time travel thing. That's true. He wasn't. Yeah. Dude, no, Nolan took time travel and he made it not fun. 
Well, no, but dude, listen, Pipe, I actually don't disagree with you. This is what's weird. Like, I like Nolan movies, you know? I, I mean, I don't, like, I don't lose sleep when a new one's coming out. I can't wait, you know? So I'm not like that. But, like, I get what you're saying. And the thing that I said about Tenet was, like, there, he, he sets it, he, like, he, he arranges his movies in such a way that, like, there is no time for character development. So the problem is, is that I'm, they completely are devoid of emotion. So, like, interesting things happen, but you don't care because you really don't know anything about the character. So I, I actually, I actually agree with you on, on that. I still like watching them, but I agree with you on that level. If that's kind of what you're saying. Right. Or in like uh, Inception, <clears throat> there's that movie has some like deeply personal plot threads. That does you don't, actually, yeah. But you don't care about any of them because that because it's 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 like a because the character themselves is just sort of a there's they're a bit of a an android plot device like kind, of kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And and so like the the loss of your spouse or whatever just kind of doesn't matter except as a it's an adventure to try to solve this thing, not a point to make right. me care. I mean, nobody remembers the names of any of the characters in his movies except for Batman and Joker. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But I think, you know, I, I think that's true for most of his movies. I think, you know, Interstellar had a lot of there, – there was like – that was like his – that that was kind of like his emotional moment, I think, for, for his filmmaking in terms of like, oh, man, there's this father-daughter thing and it's – it's sad and it's crushing and it's, I think, I think he, I think he kind of achieved it a little bit with that, but that's just not the central. I don't think that's the focus of his, of his movies ever. Cause he is, he's so geeked out on like kind of the complexities behind his concept that like you just miss out on the relationships. He just doesn't emphasize it. I don't know, but it's, it yeah. makes a good which, point. which makes them enjoyable to watch and not really worth thinking about much afterwards, unless you just like puzzles. Dude, that's exactly what it is. I mean, like I walked out of Tenet, right? I had a group of people I was there with and we just looked at each other and it was like, is it confusing? Did you get it? Did you get it? It was all about, did you get it? And I was like, I, I don't I don't even care if I got, I just don't, I'm, it was fine. It was worth it. I'm glad I saw it. And I think by the time I get home tonight and I'm 20 minutes away from my house, I will never think of it again. Kind of a thing. I don't know. There you go. You know what I think of often, Piper? The Dwell Bible app. Um, I think of them often because they are a great product, but also they give us money. So in the spirit of of both sides of that delicate equation, um, tell us about Dwell Bible. Well, you did a great job of setting it up. Uh, they are, in <laughs> fact, an audio Bible app. And so if you go to dwellapp.io slash happyrant, uh, you can find out details. They also have a discount for our listeners to subscribe to them. Um Audio Bible apps like Dwell are a great way of getting Scripture into the kind of the margins of your life where it'd be harder to, uh, you can't really read while you're driving or while you're running or whatever, but you can memorize Scripture, you can listen. They have <clears throat> they have a whole bunch of different features depending on what kind of listening you're seeking to do. If you're looking to listen through the Bible, if you're looking to memorize, to study, to reflect, they have stuff set up for that. Multiple narrators, all these different features. They're coming out with more all the time. So again, go to dwellapp.io slash happyrant. You'll get a 20% discount off of a subscription. I believe it comes out to, yes, less than $2 a month um, <clears throat> for an annual subscription. That's really inexpensive for something that's well worth it. Uh, I would encourage you to check that out and uh, become a listener today. There it is. Well done, Pipe. Well done. Um, 
great promo work by you today. You had to work double duty. You had to pull like a double shift. We should. Yeah, yeah. We need to pay Piper time. We'll give him a little. We'll give him a bonus for that. Obviously. Yeah, a little bonus from your from your Penguin Random House funds. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Penguin Random. They were they rewarded us handsomely for that book. Did you get your weekly uh, Penguin check this week? Yeah, dude. The the residuals. Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten mine yet. So it's it's usually usually comes by Wednesday. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thoughts and prayers, baby. I hope it. I hope it gets there soon. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, we've done what we always do in this program. In that we've uh, wandered to and fro throughout um, some conversations that may have sounded a lot like just three friends catching up on the phone. Um, But I assure you, it really was radio because there were sponsors. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.